Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. This is going to be probably a quicker episode because we're on a we're on a deadline here. Got mm-hmm. another movie to catch. Mm-hmm. We're very busy. <laughs> That's right. We're busy people. Lots, um, of, lots of obligations. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about Hustlers. You've got the uh, synopsis right there. You want to read that? Yes. Uh, Hustlers. Inspired by the viral New York Magazine article, Hustlers follows a crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. All right, so I was aware that it was something that was written about, but did you read that so-called viral article? Because I didn't. I've not read the article, okay. no. No, so, we're coming so, in cold on this one. Yeah, I also don't even know who directed this movie this or was who di- wrote it. This was directed by Lorraine Scafaria, who okay. also was one of the co-writers, who wrote the screenplay based on the article. Mm-hmm. Um she has a few movie credits to her name. I think probably the most uh, famous one is Seeking a Friend for the End of the World with okay, Steve yeah, Carell. Steve Carell and Kira Knightley. Is yep, that's right. That? Um, and then that. there's a few others, uh, but, but I think they're probably less uh, yeah, less so well not, known. Not like a not like a you know household name or anything. But no. But this movie is starring some pretty big names, namely J Lo. Right? Yes. Um, and, uh, and who's the, who's the other main character? She's kind of up and coming. Constance Wu. Constance Wu. From Crazy Rich Asians. Right, from Crazy, which I didn't even realize that until after the movie was over. I think you mentioned that. I was like, oh, that is the same actress from Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in a, obviously a completely different role, which is, it's kind of cool. I feel like, you know, a lot of actors get pigeonholed real quick. I think that's. That's not, I'm kind of happy for her that she has these two really big roles, like kind of opposite back, end are, of the are, spectrum. Yeah, nothing alike. Yeah. Um, so that's I, I would imagine that's really good for her career, just to show you know you can do a bunch. Yeah, yeah, that that she's versatile. So anyway, uh, I already said I didn't know the director, um, hadn't read the article, so I had very few expectations coming into this. I guess, I guess the main one was just that I was aware that it had gotten good reviews so i figured it's probably pretty well made mm-hmm. um and yep. uh and that's about and you know it was marketed as just really entertaining pretty funny so i was just expecting you know like kind of a a light and breezy good time uh basically you know where where we as the audience will get to cheer on these sort of underdogs uh who are strippers taking on these big dogs, you know, the Wall Street bankers, and sort of showing them what's what. That's kind of what I figured the movie would basically be. Yeah, I think I wanted something. I don't know why I necessarily expected this. I don't know that there was a lot of evidence that this is what one should have expected. But I think what I wanted was, like, something deeper. Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas. (laughs) Okay. I wanted, like... Like a, a classic? Like you wanted like a new modern classic? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's obvi- I'm obviously saying I wish this movie was as good as one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> but um, what I wanted was something that was like, I consider Goodfellas to be fun, but right, also, also kind of epic. Right? right. But also to um, sort of just have a lot going on mm-hmm. and sort of take us on a pretty long journey and I don't know why I wanted that but I wanted Lady Goodfellas and um on the flip of that I heard a lot about how this movie was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. right 
And so, and I don't know, in my head, I was like, Goodfellas is fun, right? And so I sort of wanted something that had, like, the cynicism, but, mm-hmm. like, sort of biting humor of that type of movie. Yeah. And I feel like it wasn't quite, certainly the circuitous crime e- crime epic that I wanted, and it certainly wasn't, like, biting in the same way that mm-hmm. a movie like Goodfellas is. And so in that regard, like, it didn't quite match... My expectations, albeit I'm very aware that my expectations were probably wildly unfair. Okay. Okay. So uh, I would say from the way you just described it, it's pretty safe to say that you did not think it lived up to those expectations. No. And I'm, I'm the thing that I'm very aware of is it's like criticizing an apple for not being an orange. Mm-hmm. It's like it wasn't trying to do that. So why would you presume that it should? Right. Okay. And so in that regard, like, I probably left the theater a little bit disappointed in as much as it was a lot more straightforward mm-hmm. and um, much more simply resolved than uh, I imagined it would be. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, that's fine. Right. Like it's allowed <laughs> to do that. Right. Yeah. We'll get into after after given the spoiler warning, we'll we'll get into this obviously in more detail. But when you say gets resolved. I almost feel like there's a little bit of a fake out um, in terms of thinking there's more to resolve than mm-hmm. there actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but like I said, we'll get into that. I think just judging from the words you're using, I probably liked it more than you. I did think it was fun. Might have to do with those different expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it basically lived up to mine. I, I didn't have, I certainly didn't come in thinking that I was going to really like the movie. I thought I would just sort of like I said, be light and breezy, like that I would come out being like, eh, it was fun. I, you know, I could right. have, I could have not seen this movie and would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much how I felt. Although, uh, I am curious again, we can, we can hold it till after spoilers, but to get into a little bit more, um, how I think I, I think I'm just very tempted to play devil's advocate and say like, was it really not? at the level of Goodfellas in some ways. <laughs> um, uh, but that's, yeah, that's, we'll save it. Um, so anyway, first impressions, I enjoyed it, but my expectations were not very high. You were kind of hoping for something a little more of a home run. Yeah. And just, I guess you what came away thinking it didn't live up to that, but it was a fun movie. Yeah, so sometimes I feel like we talk about the movie that uh, I irrationally have pinned all my hopes and dreams on mm-hmm. which you know oh sure the the baby drivers and the bad times at the fast, El Royale yeah bad times at the El Royale movies Atomic Blonde right the new one for me uh-huh. is 1917 oh yeah right yeah yep. um but I remember you very excitedly showing Oh my us gosh, that I can't I cannot be more excited for that movie. Uh-huh. And I against my better judgment, I can't be more excited for that movie. This was like a mini version of that. Oh, okay. Right? I was like, this is gonna be like like Lady Goodfellas or like fun widows. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like uh-huh. I wanted it to be like something like that, and it just wasn't quite wasn't either of those things no not not quite to me again i realize like that's me wanting to put it in a box that it's not trying to be in so yeah i'm being a little bit unfair all right all right well uh i think the next thing to discuss is box office Mm -hmm. i don't really know a lot of the i know the box office numbers so so you can guess what they are okay and i think we can just pretty much move on because i don't know a lot of the context around like 
what would be expected for a, I'm not like familiar with the typical box office performance of a movie like this. Okay. So I'm guessing you aren't either. So why don't you just take a wild guess what I'm, it made in its opening weekend? I'm going to guess it made $16 million in its opening weekend. So it made twice that. Okay. 33. Okay. I think that's probably very good. That sounds good. Uh, the budget for the movie was apparently about $20 million, so it made more than its budget in opening weekend, and it looks to be holding pretty well. Okay. I think it's still, like, the second uh, top-grossing movie, like, playing right now, hmm. as of the time we're recording this, Never which is a couple weeks after it came out. Power of J-Lo. Yeah, I mean, I think Jennifer Lopez is a huge part of that. I mean, also, just, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of... Uh, it's interesting. I feel like this movie surely is mainly being seen by women, which is kind of funny to think about because it's... Re- oh, okay. You don't think so? Well, I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess that makes sense. I would not have presumed that's the case. Like, put it this way. Now, it sounds obvious, like, immediately after the sentence, like, escaped your mouth. Uh-huh. But, like, prior to that, I would not have assumed... Like, yeah. giving it virtually no thought. Well, I yeah, I don't mean that it would be exclusively women, of course, but I I think what we did is probably atypical. Like, like we're just two guys who saw it together. Right. I right. bet women have been seeing it. Because, you know, it's because it's like a mostly female cast. They're all... And it's about their sort of relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so I would expect, you know, but I would also expect it to be plenty of date nights, you know, couples seeing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's that's my assumption, which uh, just a funny thought that occurred to me just now was like, uh, you know, that movie Magic Mike, which yeah. I haven't seen, which is about male strippers. Yeah. That's obviously a movie mostly for women, too. Right. So it's like, I guess movies about strippers are just for women. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I could be way off base. I think... It's funny to think about because obviously there's a lot of beautiful women right. playing strippers. In some ways, you would think that would really appeal to men, but I, I just sort of have a feeling that it's mostly women. But anyway, I have not researched or validated that assumption. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I think it's doing quite well, and it seems to be, you know, like a, a small hit or maybe mm-hmm. a, or maybe a large hit. I mean, hey, you make... You make thirteen million dollars over your budget in the opening weekend. Yeah, then right? it's all gravy after that. Yeah, right? uh, so it's doing quite well, and uh, you know that makes me happy for that director. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm guessing it's probably her biggest movie, but you know, we're veering very far outside of any sort of verified facts right now. So, yeah, I think we can move right on to themes. What are the themes of the movie, Adam? Friendship. Good one. <laughs> uh. I mean, there's the, you know, the whole premise of the movies about them exploiting the, uh, I would say the, the greed, but also, um, you know, the fact that there's these Wall Street bankers that go to these strip clubs and spend tons of money. And it's kind of a shameful thing. Like they take, they take advantage of them, but their operation is based on the premise that the vast majority of these men are not going to do anything about it because they, they, they're they're going to be too embarrassed to they're, go to the police yeah, and say, "Hey, I spent ten thousand right. dollars at a strip joint last night. I think they drugged me and took advantage of me." Right. Right. Um, so I don't know how to encapsulate that in like a pithy uh, phrase, but it, it seems like a big part of it is that is that you know, um, I guess maybe like two sided nature of 
of the hyper competitive masculine achievement driven uh you know greedy banker type mm-hmm. um that that it's that 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 it's in in some ways like a set of handcuffs yeah i feel like in some ways there's an interesting um uh, juxtaposition between our two main characters and I don't think I'm spoiling I, I, I'm not really revealing plot it's just a line of dialogue at one point where uh, somebody says to Constant Wu's character Destiny um, trying to explain her motivation saying you wanted to make friends mm. right and I think uh, I don't know that anybody explicitly says this about Jennifer Lopez's character Ramona but my view of that was maybe she wanted to make friends a bit, but primarily she wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. And that to me are like, the, that's actually the, what this movie's about is that some people are involved in this life. Um, I mean, they're all in it to make money. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't be a stripper if you were trying to make some money. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like why do you, why choose that as opposed to some other career where potentially you could try to make similar amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there might not be many of those choices, let's be clear, but, um, and it's that sort of friction between somebody who is really valuing the friendship aspect of this lifestyle and somebody who's really valuing how lucrative it can be. Mm-hmm. And if we, in the harder we push on it, the more lucrative it can be. And so I feel like the, the backdrop of like the financial crisis of 2008 and sort of the greed and amorality of Wall Street bankers serves as like a useful justification that the characters have as far as like why what they're doing is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't know that I quite feel like that's what the movie's about. No, I don't think so either. Right. I feel like it's about just sort of that tension between friendship and money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I guess, I guess though, uh, I don't, I agree. It's not really about, it's certainly not about the bankers. Um, right. But, but maybe what I was getting at was not so much them or this or their, you know, story so much as the dichotomy where the movie starts out with, um, destiny, you know, she's a new, she's a newcomer to this club and she is, you know, she's kind of, uh, she's subject to the whims of the managers who kind of demand bribes from her and stuff like that. And she's just very, she's, she does not have power. Mm -hmm. And I think the movie, you know, presents, a story where these women are are reversing the power dynamic and kind of and kind of using these men's um, power, but also hubris and also sort of unspoken vulnerability against them. You yep. know, it's, it's yes, it's yeah. uh, but so yeah, I don't I I think what you're talking about friendship, um, the sort of like what drives people. Um, what what would you say? Friendship versus what? It was like greed, right? Okay, just friendship versus greed. Yeah, like are are you in it to for the relationships? Or are you in it just kind of for yourself? Um, I agree with you. I think that's the main theme of the movie. I guess I guess this this inverted power dynamic and using using these men's uh, using these men's you know traits that have made them very successful against them uh, is just to me maybe. Maybe it's not even a theme, but if anything, it's like a secondary. Yeah, but I absolutely think it's important, and in some ways I feel like both 
sides of, uh, of this dichotomy that I'm describing are using that. They're using the same tool to achieve different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Destiny is interested in basically using men's arrogance and, um, you know, libidos, basically, mm-hmm. against them. And the act of doing that together with your female colleagues is something that bonds you. Yeah. Right. And Ramona's point of view is, yeah, we're going to use that tool, but we're going to do it to make some money. Mm -hmm. Right. And they have different goals, but they're using the same mechanism to achieve those goals, which is why I think it works so well, because there's a while when it's sort of not difficult. Mm hmm. And everybody's getting what they want. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it becomes difficult, they start to focus on different aspects right. of what's important about it to them. And they realize Brings they have, they have very different kinda. reasons for doing this ultimately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that I definitely I don't I, you know, I don't want to split hairs because I, I totally agree with you that that is act, that's definitely a major component of the film. And, and in some ways, I think an important theme to be explored because it's the tool that they end up using to get what they want. Yeah. There's one more actually. Uh, uh, the- well, there's probably a million, you know, but right, one more sure. that comes to mind, um, which is I'm not sure how to word it. The there's a line in the movie. Um, no, no, that's not what we want to happen. It's doing something, teeing me up. Yeah. Okay. okay, anyway, I'll edit the, this transition. <laughs> uh, there's a line in the movie where uh, Destiny starts to feel a little bit guilty about what they've done to this one particular man. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Lopez's character says, if we didn't do it, somebody else would. Yep. Right? Yep. And I think that's another theme that I, I certainly don't think the movie explores extensively, but I think it's kind of hinting at it for... It's steadily building towards that becoming more of a theme as the movie goes on. Yep. Um, and and I guess the question is just, is that a valid justification? You know, and, and the question is really uh, for the characters or for people in the situation, when you're sort of part of a system that's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, does that make it okay to participate in the system? Or do you have some... Uh, responsibility or is the right thing to do to go against the system to try to change the system or at the very least just to refuse to participate right um and in this movie you know destiny is clearly struggling and 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 reaching a point where she feels like she shouldn't participate yeah um but jennifer lopez what's her character's name ramona ramona sorry you said that ramona clearly thinks well if this is just the way it is then there's nothing wrong with us operating within this structure. Right. right. Um, so that's, that's another thing. That's number three. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a, yeah, there's an element of rationalization to the entire thing that uh, the movie, I think, does. I, I, I would argue the movie comes pretty firmly out on the side of what is, uh, w- with a point of view on what is like the moral thing to have done. Sure. Right? Well, and uh, I think most, most people... I don't want to speculate. Right. I think most people would have the same view. But. Yeah. I, and I, I actually kind of enjoy that challenge, that sort of moral challenge, because 
we are enjoying ourselves in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, for the first two thirds of it or whatever. Right. right? right. And um, I think are willing to accept the rationalization that this is almost like a victimless crime. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, until there becomes some extremely like tangible examples of victims. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes really difficult to celebrate these choices these women are making. And so when they, when, Jennifer Lopez's character uh, is yelling at Constance Wu's and justifying it by saying somebody else would do this if we weren't, if we weren't. Um, I think that's meant to feel as abrasive and difficult to stomach to the audience as it does to Constance Wu. Right. She's basically saying like, you should don't, don't feel bad about this. Right. And I think all of the audience sort of feels the same visceral way that Mm -hmm. destiny does, which is like, this is, this is, you're wrong. Yeah. Your point is wrong. Well, yeah. And all, uh, but not only, I think, I think it's a really, um, uh, sad feeling because not only is her from, from many people's perspective, I'm sure there's plenty of people who would agree with Ramona, but, um, but if you side with destiny in that moment, I think what's doubly sad is not just that Ramona is wrong, but that what she's telling destiny is to basically, uh, like that sense of conscience that you have, Mm -hmm. just turn it off, you know, suppress. It's like, even if, even if you kind of believed her on a rational level, it seems, it seems really wrong to tell someone who's feeling compassion for someone Mm -hmm. who's feeling a sense of conscience, a sense of right and wrong to tell them just just suppress that right you know um that to me is the is is what's really sad about um about her telling her that and and as we talk about this uh it occurs to me i would actually be inclined to throw in a fourth theme which which goes right along with this which is um you know the danger of of essentially like labeling people or or putting people in a group sort of compartmentalizing uh in your mind, an entire group of people, because so much of what leads up to this sort of part of the movie where where they have this conflict is that, like you said, they can feel totally fine with what they're doing because they're just the only people they're hurting are these Wall Street bankers. And of course, we all know all Wall Street bankers are complete animals. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're scum. Um And so we're fine <laughs> to treat them all the same. Right. But it starts to... It's it starts to question that, and say like, what if they're not all the same, right? Right. Um, and you know, and I think you know, it's easy to sort of say like, well, sure, there's a few Wall Street bankers, but no, most of them are super greedy and like pretty despicable. But you know, it's easy to say that about lots of groups of people who have been, um, who have been, not just necessarily victims, but just targets of a lot of hatred and a lot of ill will. Right. Um, and that's generally how how groups of people become antagonistic to each other is they start to demonize and vilify each other as entire groups. Right. Right. So I think I mean, I think it's often a little hard to make that point with a group that um, is so privileged, like mm-hmm. like Wall Street bankers are. But I think the point is nonetheless valid, just like you shouldn't you shouldn't do this mental thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Of of just thinking of people in terms of their group or in terms of some characteristic that that allows you to categorize them all together. It's just a dangerous thing to do. It leads to dehumanization. 
Yep. And it leads to um, it leads to that 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 choice that some people unfortunately make of choosing to turn off their conscience in certain situations. Yep. Justified by the categorization and yeah. the overgeneralization. And in others. fact, at one point, uh, the interviewer character played by Julia Stiles, named Elizabeth, uh, she says to Destiny at one point, um, "I don't feel sorry." for Mm -hmm. these guys. And I think it's sort of, it feels like an interviewer tactic where you're trying to sort of empathize with your interviewee and make them feel feel safe. Yeah. That they can, they can open up. Yeah. Now, so in that regard, it might've been disingenuous. However, destiny like responds by saying, I feel sorry for Mm -hmm. them. Right. She holds. Yeah. She sticks to her genuine feelings about it. Right. And so she has, obviously she's had some distance from this, this episode in her life, but Basically, she is sort of emphasizing years after the fact that she's had time to reflect on this and indeed has decided to not not paint them with a brush that basically says they they deserve the way I treated them. She's like, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what they did. Like, I know I now know better than to treat another person that way. Right. And it kind of their crime is almost irrelevant. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, that's destiny being, um, I I don't know, I guess the simplest way to put it is being strong, you know, choosing to kind of not give into the temptation of viewing it in that sort of jaded way that Ramona has, but saying, you know, like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to own the fact that I, I do have empathy. I do have sympathy for Mm -hmm. some of these men, even if it's, even if it's, even though right. I know it's easy to say, you know, like that they had it coming or whatever. Right. She was blind. She and she was blinded by friendship, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And that scene, I think, that is that you were calling as calling as heartbreaking earlier. Um, one of the other reasons that I feel like it's heartbreaking is because it is clearly establishing as uh, Ramona is like ripping the phone out of Destiny's hand and sort of making sure that she hangs up in sort of a violent way. Um, it is clarifying a few different points. She, Ramona is telling Destiny, shut off your empathy button, mm-hmm. right? The, ne- the other thing she's telling her is implicitly is, we're not as good as friends of friends as you mm. think we are, mm. right? Yeah. And I think that sort of shatters a variety of parts for Destiny of like why this whole thing was good, Yeah. right? Um, because not only... Are we um, hurting people, and that makes me feel terrible? I also feel like now this was all for nothing because this was all this whole, the whole point of this was for us to be bonded, and I don't mm-hmm. even feel like we have that, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and so by the end, the minimum she can do, she's not going to go back, and they're not going to become great friends again. But at least she can reclaim like her moral compass, yeah. right? Which we she was willing to sort of turn off for the sake of bond, like female companionship. And she's sort of, by the end, she's like, okay, all all I really can have is my own sense of self. Yeah. Right? Relationships come and go. Yeah, I guess we've, uh, I'm realizing we've, we didn't really give a spoiler warning, but I, I, we've certainly got into things in the movie that are happening that are, (laughs) that are spoilers. Um, So. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll put a spoiler warning up front when I upload it. Yep. Um. So anyway, I think we're, I think in the interest of time, um, well, let's do a quick, I'm thinking let's do a quick, uh, comparison to other movies and then, 
and then talk about the Goodfellas thing a little bit. Okay. Uh, so as far as rich man, poor man, you brought up something that we already talked about after coming out of the movie, which is widows. Yes. Uh, would you say this is like a poor man's version of widows? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It's not like vastly inferior. No, it's, I mean, it's not quite as sophisticated, not quite as... Yeah. It doesn't have quite as much to say. Right. Widows, you know, is in some ways about, like, capital A America. You know what I mean? Like, Widows has some big themes on its mind, mm-hmm. right? And I, we, you know, we, we saw Widows. I don't even think we did a pod. Did we do a Widows no, pod, didn't. right? No. Like, so, we, uh, I feel like we both liked Widows. Yeah, I didn't right. love Widows, right. so it's it w- not exactly like... This golden standard to right. compare to. Yeah, it was like we liked it, but not even quite enough to like do a pod on it, right? And in some ways, that's sort of why I had high hopes for this. I was like, this is going to be like fun widows, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be like exciting, electrifying widows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and w- and so going back and like looking back on that movie, like uh, what did I like about it that I was hoping this movie would would emulate and really there was a um a really uh intense crime element to that movie mm-hmm. that uh I guess I'm just a sucker for yeah and some like weighing out bags <laughs> yeah well i mean putting dirt in bags and seeing how much they weigh part of the part of to me the trajectory of like a crime movie involves sort of the the break point between the second and the third act mm-hmm. where everything is going wrong, mm-hmm. right? So um, in Widows, during the heist sequence when, like, and we're going to spoil Widows now, to be really clear, like, um, you know, somebody gets hurt and they get their money stolen and then they're, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the just bad stuff is happening uh, at various points in that movie. The the best example of this, of course, is Goodfellas during the jump into the fire, what is life sequence where Ray Liotta is high on coke all day. He perceives a helicopter following him around and it, the scene concludes with a drug raid at his house and Lorraine Bracco putting a revolver into her underwear, right? Mm-hmm. After flushing a bunch of coke down the toilet, right? It's just sort of like, this is as bad as it and crazy as it gets, right? Mm-hmm. And so something that I wanted in this movie was like a sequence, like some, I don't know, it's, it's both uh, painful, but I feel like I've been trained to want it, which is like, show me this thing going off the rails. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there were some things like that in this movie, but this it never. This a very, uh, it's toned down in, yeah. in terms of things going wrong. Right. Um, so like when, so spoiler alert, you know, at one point when one of these sort of, um, uh, exploits goes wrong, uh, it ends up with a man, uh, sort of unconscious face down naked next to a swimming pool. Right. And they have to take him to the hospital because he's hurt himself. Right. Um, and the part of me was, I feel like that is meant to represent sort of like a nadir, for them, the na- the real nadir, of course, being like that phone conversation that we were describing earlier, but like none of it was ever like to the point where I felt this is going t- 
terribly, right? Mm -hmm. This is as bad as it can get. I was like, oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so just for some reason, the highs never got quite as high and the lows never got quite as low as like these other crime movies that I quite enjoy. And so um, when we talk about poor man's, I never had like that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach that I sort of want from mm-hmm. a crime movie. It's like, oh no, yeah, that this is the worst, right? Because yeah. I feel like that's kind of the the point, and maybe there's something. Maybe I've just been trained, and maybe I just need to untrain myself and just be okay with movies being whatever they're going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, I I I think another comparison we talked about after the movie that. I'd be curious if you agreed with this, is that this is kind of like the rich man's Ocean's 8. Because yeah. I compared it to that movie. It's yes. got a lot in common as well. But you especially were like, yeah, Ocean's 8 was just, you know. Not just like good. Lo- looking at lots of pretty jewelry and stuff. Right. This is more, you, you, you felt that this was a lot more of like a, good story and actual fun characters and mm-hmm. stuff than Ocean's 8 was. Yeah, and I recognize that, again, Ocean's 8 is probably just, I didn't mind know, Ocean's 8. Like, probably, you know, not for me trademark, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's certain movies I'm just like, oh, okay, that's that's not intended for me. And so if you like the Met Gala and you like design, you know, designer gowns and mm-hmm. you like, you know, fancy jewelry, right? <coughs> mm-hmm. And you like just looking at stars wearing fancy dresses, walking red carpets, like, Ocean's 8 has a lot to offer mm-hmm. in that regard, right? You like seeing Sandra Bullock look glamorous, right? I think that's great. Um, that just wasn't what I was hoping for, and I'm spoiled by a movie like Ocean's 11, which I was like, what a fun, smart, better than well-written... Right, yeah, it's three better. Three more. Um, you know, the, there are just elements of the heist, the dynamic between the characters, the humor, right? The camaraderie between... The thieves, right? Like, mm-hmm. just all of that just really enticed me for a movie like Ocean's Eleven that a movie like Ocean's Eight failed to deliver. And so this movie, at the very least, had the camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. I felt it, this movie was quite funny, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the heist was not nearly it. You know, there's not really a heist per se. The con is a very simple con. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, it doesn't tickle sort of like your mental funny bone the way a movie like the Oceans movies attempt to do. Um, but it did have at least those elements of that I think were selling it for me more than more than a yeah a more poster, you know, more glamorous Oceans 8 might. But so the they all have a very clear common thread, which is if you want to see a movie about some women doing an illegal operation... You know, planning and executing yeah. some kind of some kind of operation together, uh, and you want you want you just love Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett, and you and you just want to see lots of uh, fashion and and jewelry and stuff. Uh, you want like a really glossy one than than Ocean's Eight. If you want something where the women actually have more interesting relationships and has a little bit more. Uh, grit to it, hustlers, and if you want something that's like actually got some serious acting in it, got a lot more intensity to it, goes to some darker places, then you can check out Widows. Those are your 
Yeah. That's on the menu. You know, as you're describing that, I feel like this is a relatively new, I wouldn't even call it a genre per se, but it is a relatively new um, uh, trend in movies, sort of like the ladies behaving badly genre, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it is... um, There's that movie Bad Moms, too. Bad, right, exactly. Bad Moms, Spy... The spy who dumped me. Um, what's the Charlie's there? Young adult, right? Uh-huh. I, I feel like there's an increasingly there's prevalent one with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey too, right? Sisters, yeah, right. There's an increasingly prevalent genre of movie genres again, probably not the right word. That is like ladies behaving badly with a subgenre like lady crime, right? And frankly, uh, I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy this type of movie. And well, I, I think it's I I, I feel like in some ways, yeah, for sure. I think um, you know sometimes Hollywood, not not to speak in s- such overgeneralized terms like Hollywood's this one singular entity, but I do think there can be sort of a bit of a movement to kind of uh, correct for things that have historically been underexplored or mm-hmm. or to normalize things that that should be uh, fair game you know and like I think right now what what you're talking about in terms of a trend in movies is that forever it's been totally commonplace to have movies with men behaving badly right, right? And, totally. and and they're often funny they're often considered cool yeah they're often you know sometimes they're neither of those things sometimes they're just straight up bad but um but it's kind of normal, you know, and yep. and historically, uh, female characters tended to kind of fall within much much uh, tighter parameters. Right? There's like, you know, are you the wife or the mom? You're very you're the very supportive girlfriend uh, or mother or okay. wife, or yeah. you're the or you're the sort of disapproving one. The nag, you know? Yeah. Um, but they're all you know they're all mostly the same, or you're like the obnoxious ditzy one or something like that. But but. This new kind of, yeah, this new collection of movies that have been coming out over the past decade or so, and mm-hmm. I'm sure will continue to come out, is is like, oh, what about the, you know, what about the women who are kind of greedy? What about the women who are kind of, uh, you know, who are calculating but, but flawed or, mm-hmm. you know, or just straight up like s- slobs or, mm-hmm. and everything in between, right? Um and this movie, uh, I think, fits right in there. It's got it's got kind of all your different kinds of personalities. Obviously, Destiny is a little bit more of a of a do gooder. Although, with I mean, you know, obviously she's a stripper, so mm-hmm. she's not like your pristine, um, like uh, you know, girl next door necessarily. Ramona's got clearly more more uh, of a dark streak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got lots of different personalities in here. So um, I think we're going to run out of time before we can talk much about Goodfellas. I think really quick, yeah, the thing I was going to suggest was just that, and don't get me wrong, neither of us, clearly neither of us liked it anywhere near as much as Goodfellas. But right. But when, um, I think, I think I'll, I'll totally concede on the, in the, in the realm of like intensity mm-hmm. and, and, that sort of second to third act transition you talked about of like things going terribly wrong mm-hmm. and and movies sort of like pulling you know pulling all the right strings to make your 
to make your uh, to to make your like muscles tense up, you know. Right. Good. Like this movie definitely does not have that in the way that Goodfellas does. But I think something you said was like about how the how this movie wasn't as fun as Goodfellas, uh, or maybe you didn't say that. Maybe I think I'm putting it, words I, in your mouth. I think it had uh, as much. It was it was very bubbly mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and I feel like. Goodfellas has a much more sort of like cynical, like new sharper fun, New Jersey yeah. kind of sarcastic humor to it, uh, and dark humor, right? Yeah, like Joe, Pe- you know, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas is like a very different style. Like you laugh for extremely different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Than I mean, and it's also just way more violent than this movie, right? Yes, but I guess what I was going to suggest was that this movie might. For, for a different audience, you know, the not to just oversimplify and say like for like a female audience, but for, but for people with you know different uh, tastes or different, uh, you know, maybe like different uh, preferences from you and me, I think there are some things in this. I think there is a lot in this movie that could that could work for a lot of people in the same way that Goodfellas works, like. Like, when you talk about that sort of biting, more cynical, like, New Jersey sense of humor, like, I think a lot of the middle seg- section of this movie where they're, where they're like, explaining how it works, it's like, these are my sisters, mm-hmm. and, they, and they start chatting up the man, and they, you know, m- sort of make him look the other way, and they drug him. Yeah. Like, they're doing some dark stuff. That's true. And they're playing it for laughs. Yeah. And it's, and there is quite a lot of cynicism to that. Um, yeah. F- for me, I think. And so, and so, like, I, I do... I do feel like this movie is doing some of the same things that Goodfellas did. I mean, it's in a completely different subject area. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the same things, and they're not dark in the same ways. But I feel like it kind of has that blend going for it. Yeah, let me give my counterpoint. I don't think you're wrong. I think the the movie ends from like an end credit perspective with a reminiscence yeah, of yeah. the most fun night they ever had mm-hmm. as strippers where Usher comes mm-hmm. to the club, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that is sort of like the feeling they want you to leave with. Sure. Like, not, quite literally. Yeah, the feeling the, they want you to leave with is for sure different. Is yeah. this relatively uncomplicated feeling yeah, of, yeah. like, a party. Mm-hmm. It's just a party. Everybody's having a good time. Yep. Everybody's making money. Usher's paying. Usher's sweet, right? Like Usher doesn't come off as being yeah, he's a total a good guy. He's yeah. like as good a guy as you know as goes to a strip club, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like to me, that is sort of that bubbly fun feeling that I'm describing. And you're totally right. Like when they start uh, more hardcore manipulating and, and drugging their clients, like then it becomes. It obviously goes to darker places, more cynical places. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the parts of the movie that are that stick stick with me as being representative of like the type of fun you're going to have in this movie are that sequence or like JLo's introduction in the movie where she does like the first sort of performance on stage. Right. right? Yeah. There's a lot of uncomplicated, just sort of fun humor in this movie. Right. I guess. So I guess it's like, maybe it sort of runs through all of Goodfellas or it gets into it a lot faster and stays there for a lot longer and, right. and goes deeper. Um, Whereas this movie just kind of has like a middle, like a middle act that's got some of that kind of right. darker humor to it, but it's but then it's just padded by lots of kind of just women having having 
wholesome fun, right. you know, and having like wholesome friendships and, and just laughing together and, you know, like, and so none of that has any, none of that really has much darkness to it other than, right. other than just by association with how they got the money. But yeah, if you could, yeah, I guess my point being, if you compare like the, that sequence, like the, the club sequence with Usher, I think about in Goodfellas, one of the first lines that really sets the table for that movie is Henry Hill's line. Uh, you know, ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is the lens through which we should view this movie. He wants to be a criminal. Right. Right. Versus destiny just wants some, wants to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't even really explore how she got into being a stripper or anything. It's just, right. She just like, she needs to make some money. She seems, she seems like a pretty, you know, pretty like traditional good girl, really in right. terms of her disposition. It just so happens she's gotten into stripping. Yeah. Most, I mean, you sort of read between the lines. It's like, oh, to support her grandma, right? You know? Totally. I mean, like, and so in that because it was the it was the it was the most lucrative thing she could find to do. Yeah, and she needed to yeah. support her. Yes. Yeah, family. And so this is where it's like the intentions of the movie feel like Scorsese's interested in mm-hmm. gangsterism. Yep. Right. Scafari is interested in the relationship between these women, and that's totally fine. I'm not trying to say like. Therefore, it's worse than Goodfellas. Like every movie's worse than Goodfellas. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's like to me the focus. The focus. <laughs> every is movie's worse than Goodfellas. Not every movie. Like we all we all know that 1917 will be better than Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. But... You're gonna. I think you're gonna be brokenhearted after this. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. We need to. We need to get going. Okay, so we're just recording an end to the Hustlers episode now, uh, because. When we recorded it originally, our recording just kind of stopped right at the end. Yeah, because um, it was being mean. And we're pretty sure that, uh, I haven't listened back, but I'm pretty sure we were just getting to, should we beam it up or not? Yep. Um, so if we skipped over a bunch of other stuff, uh, I apologize. Rest assured, we did discuss it. Um, so maybe one day, you know. Yeah. One day that, that, that information in the ether will float down and... And find its way to back, our, our back listeners to its rightful ears. home. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, of course. That's absurd. Um, so let's just uh, agree, hustlers. We talked a lot about it. Would you beam it up? Uh, no, it falls. It falls short of beaming. I think that's pretty obvious from the discussion we had. But Beamage. it just felt weird to end an episode with no closure. Right. So uh, I think we both enjoyed it. I, as I recall, I liked it a little more than you, but. Yeah. In any case, neither of us felt it was worth beaming to the astronauts. So. Yeah, even even now that I'm sort of account adjusting for, uh, you know, the me having sort of <clears throat> bad expectations or sort of misplaced expectations for mm-hmm. it, even even as me appreciating it for what it is, I still feel like, yep, yeah, it, it's good. Yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't beam it up to our astronaut in space. His time and bandwidth is extremely His precious. His bandwidth, yeah. I mean, he's got all the time in the world. Right. <laughs> well, he's got to do scientific experiments. Yeah, who and knows stuff. what else he's doing, you know? But yeah, not us. We don't know. All we know is we're picking the movies. We're the music, we're the movie curators. Yeah. So, uh, okay. All right. That's it. That's the end of the Hustlers episode. Enjoy. Enjoy.